Awesome. Would you guys stand with me this morning? We're going to open up reading God's Word with the same scripture that we started this whole series with. Uh, I guess it would be four weeks ago now. Um, And so... We're just going to stand and honor God's word. Let me read it to you this morning. I hope, you know, as we've been um, in this series now, if you've been with us for a while, that when we read this this morning, we read it a little bit differently. Let me read it to you and you follow along. Your lives, your lives, your lives light up the world. Let others see your light From a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things that you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Father God, we just thank you for who you are again. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's my prayer this morning that um, you would just radiate in this place. God, that um, it's, a prayer I've, I've, it's a prayer that I've prayed many times over the years, just Just shine light in every dark place that the enemy has tried to take root this morning. Light shines brighter than the darkness, God. So reveal yourself to us this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So the hope of this series is for us to be bright. The hope of this series is for us to be bright. So as we come down to the end of it this morning... We're not going to actually conclude this series. We're really just going to start today. This has really just been a setup to a lifestyle. And as we conclude, the idea that we've been trying to get across is this. God wants you to see yourself not just as a recipient of his light, but as a carrier of his light. That's, that's the big idea this morning. Can, can I just say it again? Because this is really the whole series wrapped up in one sentence right here. God wants to see you and wants you to see you, not just as someone who is a recipient of his light. And, and you can fill in the blank of his grace, of his love, of his forgiveness, of his freedom, of his opportunity, of his purpose, of his plan. And see, so many times we just stop right there and we come to church and it's like, what does God have for me today, right? And that's, you know, what is, what, 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 I need a word from God today to encourage me. I need God to shine his light in my life today. And, and, you know, the great thing is that he will and he does and he has, amen, today. He will. He does that. But what God wants us to see today is not just that we are the recipients of his light, but that we are, you are, you are the carrier of his light. And so the, more than that, this would be the revolutionary thought for a lot of us. God wants you to see you as the vital link in someone else coming alive in Jesus Christ. He wants you to be in that story. Last week, if you were here, the, the message was titled The Day That Dionysius and Damaris Met Jesus. If you, if you didn't get to hear it, 
Dionysius was a member of the ruling council of Athens, so he was one of the most powerful people in the city. And by virtue of that, he was one of the most powerful people on planet Earth at the time. And so they, these were the educated, the cultured, the, the elite um, you know, in the city, the sophisticated, the, the ruling culture leaders of the time in the city of Athens, which was the culture-making city of the world. And so Dionysius, on that day, um, Paul came to Mars Hill to put his faith in Jesus. And, and so he, 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 he shared the word that God gave him. Dionysius gave his heart over to the Lord, our Savior. And today, this is what today is. It's a, you and I believing that anybody is a candidate to put their faith and trust in Jesus Day. <laughs> I don't care if they're one of the top 50 leading CEOs in the country, you know, uh, or, or if they're a mover and shaker in politics, uh, or if they run the symphony or the arts or at the top level of, of the education system, or they're just somebody that's sitting in the car behind you in the carpool lane. Everybody is a candidate to come to know Jesus, and it's most likely that God wants you to see that you're the link in that story. Right. That's the idea, right? And so I just want to let that just kind of sink in as we just start this last message this morning. Shine bright. You're like, what else do you got? That's it. <laughs> that's, re that's really what I've been preaching for four weeks now. I'm just going to do it one more time. <laughs> Shine bright. <laughs> you know, honestly, there's nothing. That's it. That's the message. And as I was praying this week, I was thinking about how many lives are about to change because of the lights lighting up in this very room. How many lives in this city are about to change, not during this series, but as a result of us corporately fasting and praying for leaning into the harvest for 21 days and focusing on being bright? These, there are three simple words that I, I kind of want to wrap up this series with um, this morning, and I want us to wrap our lives around as we think about being the light of the world. The first one is shine, and we've spent, we've spent a whole series talking about that, so we're not going to spend time on that today. The second word is pray, and the third word is share, if you want to see the scope of where we're going this morning. And that's all God is really asking you and I to do as lights of the world. Shine first, pray second, and share third. All three of these things are going to happen in our lives if we make ourselves available to God. So today we're going to, we're, we're going to end the talk, by the way, with a few moments of quiet prayer. And we're just going to come down to the end of this after we open up God's word and, and we hear from him and just ask him, will you take this word that we've been hearing for these last four weeks now, uh, all month long, and apply it in a specific way to my life? Because that's what we're supposed to do is hear God's word and then apply it, right? And so we're going to take some time at the end of the service to do that. If there's somebody out there, God, that you want me to be thinking about or praying for, or prepared to share with, could you put them on my heart today before I leave this building in a way that I will know for sure that this is the direction that, God, you're leading me in. That's what I'm praying we can do today before we leave. We're going to have a time. We're going to set a time aside for that. Before we get there, we're just going to talk about those second two words this morning. So the, uh, let's talk about the second one, pray. Let's talk about pray for a moment because this is the non-negotiable in, in seeing the city come to know Jesus. It really is. And, and what I want us to know about praying today is that 
Prayer is the kindest thing that you can do to pray for somebody else's salvation. To, 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 what I want us to think about, in 2020, the year that we're in right now, February already, the kindest thing that you can do for another person is to pray for their salvation, to pray consistently and faithfully and determinately that they would come to know who Jesus is. And they would come to know the fullness of why they are alive on the planet because that's where the fullness of life comes. And the kindest thing that you can do for your neighbor, for your parents, um, for your brother, for your coworkers, you know, for your classmates, for anybody that comes in your path is to pray for the light of Jesus to come to their life. First Timothy chapter 2 says it this way. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made. And can you say this part with me? For who? For all people. Say it with me. <laughs> for all people. Are we, are we awake this morning? For all people. And so for, for the kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. I urge you, he says, I urge you to pray for people everywhere, to pray for all of them. And I want us to see today that that's the kindest thing that we can do. Now, before we get into a big debate, it's not the only thing that we can do. It's not the only thing that we can do, um, but it's the kindest thing that we can do. I think the church and even the culture at large right now, you'll hear this. We, we kind of get bogged down with this dilemma. Well, the person's hungry, so maybe they don't need prayer. They need food. Or, you know, the, the, the person's ill-clothed, so they don't need prayer. They need clothing. The person's been abandoned, you know, so they don't need prayer. They need to be rescued. This person is trapped, uh, so they don't need prayer. They need to be free. Well, by all means, if somebody is hungry, feed them. And if someone is naked, clothed, and if somebody's been abandoned, let's go rescue them. That's the mission of the church, too. And if anybody is trapped, let's do everything that we can to free them. But with this idea in mind, being fed is a great thing. Being clothed is an amazing step. Being free is a beautiful thing. And being rescued is something that we all need. But at the end of the day, there's something more that we need, more than food, more than clothing, and that is we need to be alive in a relationship with the God who's come to rescue us and he's made us. So yeah, I get the pushback of a culture, you know, being so sour about simply offering up thoughts and prayers. I do. I get that. But you don't have to pick A or B. You don't have to pick one or the other. Go feed the hungry. But while you're feeding them, start praying for them too. And then God, watch God open up the doors of heaven so that ultimately you'll be to, there to share with them and you'll meet their physical needs and their spiritual needs. Both needs will be met. That's the beauty and the power of prayer. I, I want to uh, transition a bit and offer a few reasons why you and I should get serious uh, today about praying for people's salvation. Number one, because you can. <laughs> can I get an amen to that this morning? Because you can. You might not have been able to give a lot in the offering today, but you can pray. You know, you, you might not be able to, to lead a church, but you can pray. You might not think that you're ready to do a Bible study at your company. I would have probably argue with that, uh, you know, with that one with you, but you certainly can pray. Am I right yeah. this morning? 
You can pray. We can all pray because it's childlike faith, Scripture says, that moves the heart of God. So you don't even have to have a master's degree in big theological words to pray. All you have to do is have a heart of faith that reaches out and touches heaven. Why should you pray for the people around you to be saved? Because you can. You're alive and you have access. You have a lifeline and a link to the almighty God. And so you have a connection to the sovereign king and you can ask him anything. He says you can come to me and you can ask me anything. And so a lot of times you will say, and I do this too, well, I'm asking you, Father God, about my kids. I'm asking you about my, my home. I'm asking you about my health. I'm asking you about my job. I'm asking you about my plans. I'm asking you about my vehicle because there's a big fix that's around the corner and I don't know if I have the money. And he says, that's all great, but ask me also about someone else because you can just ask me and see what happens. You don't need to even know them to pray for them, do you? You can see someone and be prompted by the Holy Spirit and have all the power of heaven start moving in that moment. Don't even need to know their name. You don't have to have their permission to pray for them. Now, if you lay your hands on them, you should get permission. <laughs> you don't even need to notify them that you're praying for them. You can instantly shift into a massive, influential role in the life of anybody that you choose. You hearing me this morning? <laughs> Anybody that you choose, somebody might just get a little bit excited about that this morning. Um, because I'm thinking right now, all of us are like, well, I wish I knew influential people. I wish I was in that group. I wish I got invited to that thing. I wish I was a part of this, blah, blah, blah. You are. You are. You can have an impact on the mayor of our city. You can have an impact on the president of the United States of America. You can have an impact on the president of any nation in the world. on a politician, on a performer, on an artist, on an actor, on a sculptor, on a banker, on somebody that you read about in the news. Last week, Kobe Bryant, deceased. Last Sunday afternoon, after the horrific helicopter crash, and I wonder how many of us, people of God in the church, you know, thought to themselves, you know, I'm gonna start praying for that family. We all read the stories, we all scrolled the articles, we all clicked the links, we all were horrified, we all were appalled, and I wonder who just woke up and said, you know, I don't know her, this mother, I've never met Kobe's wife, I probably never talked to her, but I'm going to start praying for her, and I'm going to start praying consistently and determinately and faithfully, and I'm going to get involved, and I don't need anybody's permission. I, I, I don't need a location proximity. <laughs> I, I, I've got access to the divine throne of God and I have the name of Jesus. And you know what? I'm going to pray for this person because I can and I will. And if you've got a friend in the darkness this morning, I'm just saying lift them up. Pray for them to see the light of Jesus and pray for their salvation. A second reason that we need to be praying for people's salvation is because God invites us to. He says in the scripture that we just read, he says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. And so God is asking you and me somehow to get involved in the story. Now, as a, as a pastor, I can't, I can't explain this. I've got some diplomas and some studies. I've been studying most of my life. I've studied a lot in my lifetime, but I still can't explain exactly how to tell you the truth that the almighty God is inviting us somehow to be a part of the equation of the outcome of people's lives, but he does. He does. What a privilege. 
What a privilege. And I think maybe one of the great tragedies of heaven for my life and maybe for yours too will be spending eternity going, I should have been praying more. I think that we're not going to regret that we didn't eat less when we get to heaven, that we didn't watch less TV, that, you know, I don't think anybody in heaven's going to go, man, I'm really bummed that I didn't get to watch season four of that show that I was watching on Netflix because Jesus came and I wasn't able to finish it. I haven't finished season four yet, Jesus. I don't think we're going to regret doing less of much on earth, but I have a feeling a lot of us in heaven are going to regret that we prayed less. When you pray, you're leaning in to the invitation of the Almighty who says, I want you to partner with me, and I want you to pray for people, and I want you to intercede for people everywhere, all people, all the time. A third reason why you and I should pray for people's salvation is because God is seeking them. God is seeking them. Back to last week in Acts 17, it said that God is the one who gives life and breath to all men. He determines the boundaries of our lives. Why? So that we would search for him and find him. Because he's not far from each of us, is what Paul was saying to the crowd there when he was sharing his message. So your coworker, when you're in that meeting, they've got to be on your radar, right? We're assessing the spiritual temperature in the room. God is seeking her, your business partner. They've got to be on your radar. God is after his or her heart. And so I'm going to start praying about what I know God is doing because I know God is moving towards my friend already. God is moving towards my family member. God is seeking them. And maybe I can't see it necessarily. I can't document all the evidence, but I know that God has put eternity in the hearts of men and women. I know that God is seeking and searching after that which is lost. And so I'm going to pray with that in mind, that God is in the story. The third thing, third reason why we pray for the salvation of our friends is that the enemy is seeking as well. The enemy is seeking our friends too. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we've seen this text. It it really clarifies and defines what's happening around us. Verse 3. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. It's like they have blinders on. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing what? The light. The enemy has put blinders on to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So let me tell you again why we need to be praying for our friends and our family members' salvation. Because the enemy has got them in his crosshairs. And he has a purpose, and he has a plan for their life, which is much different. The fifth thing, and then we'll move on. Why we should be praying for our friends and family. Because prayer changes things. And I don't mean to, to just be trite when I say that. Prayer changes things. The way I like to say it is this. I've, you've heard me quote this one before from Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson. If we could see what happens when we pray, we would never cease to pray. Because I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes I've been because, Lord, I don't know, and I don't even feel like maybe you're in the room right now, and, and I, don't, I don't even know if you hear me. And I don't even know if I know if I hear myself right now because I'm in a place of, of doubt and hurting, and I'm actually getting a little tired, so maybe you're getting a little tired too. I don't know. Oh, my phone just pings, so I better check that. Oh, it's just a, it's a news, but this is really important, so I better check that because it's important, right? You know, our prayer 
journey is a struggle because for a lot of us, we've got a whole crazy world that's competing around us. But I wonder if, if just for 10 seconds, God would open up the windows of heaven and say, hey, when you just asked me that, I dispatched angels across continents. When you just asked me that, I shifted kingdom plans and put them into gear. When you just asked me that, darkness was weakened and the power of the enemy was destroyed. So if you want to talk about prayer, let me just show you what happens in the heavenlies. When you asked me that, a connection just happened across the world. When you asked me that, a door opened across the country. When you asked me that, heaven just opened up and I began to move. When you asked me that, the dominoes started moving out that are going to move out not just today, but tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and forever. And if we could see that for a moment, we would just pray all the time. Like the scripture says, encouraging to me, hey, Sean, pray without ceasing. What does that look like in our lives? Pray without ceasing because when you call in the name of Jesus and access the power of heaven and stand in the gap and agree with God's plans, let me tell you something. Things happen. Yeah. Prayer changes things. It's not just a, it's, 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 you, you hear that and it just doesn't mean much anymore, but prayer changes things. It moves heaven. It moves the heart of God. And the opposite of that is also true. When you don't pray, doors don't open. Things don't shift. Heaven doesn't open. And somehow the fullness of all that could be isn't happening. God is inviting you and me in, not because he can't do things without us, but because he's chosen to do things with us. Yeah. <laughs> right? Not because he can't do it, but because he's chosen to do it in partnership with us. And instead of sitting around trying to figure out the philosophical, theological dilemma of how can a sovereign God be influenced by the prayers of a finite man, why not just be amazed by the invitation of the sovereign God to say, I want you to partner with me. I want you to pray. I want you to offer up intercession. I want you to get in on the equation. I'm inviting you in on what I'm doing so that in heaven, all of us are saying, I'll tell you one thing, I do not regret the time I spent praying. I've got no second thoughts about how much time I spent praying for the salvation of other people. And somehow, we don't even know how to pray. And at some point, we just say, God, you have to do something. Holy Spirit, can you pray through me? How many of you have been there? Holy Spirit will pray through us when we don't know how to pray. We don't even know what to say, honestly, but God, you know what's happening. You know what's happening. So God, will you move? Will you act? Will you intervene? Will you open up doors that I can open? Will you get involved? Will you show your power? Will you show your glory? Will you do a miracle, God? But then add to that, Lord, they need to be saved. You know, they don't just need their marriage to be put back together, but I believe that she needs to get saved like radically, deep down to the core, shaken up, put back together again, filled with grace, stunned by the cross, alive in the spirit, awakened to who you are and who she is as a daughter and fully alive from the dead, operating now in a brand new life. I want to start praying for her salvation in Jesus' name.
And when you start praying that way, here's the cool thing. God is already praying that way for her. So you're just stepping in line with the, the prayers of the Father. He's leaning towards her salvation in two, and now you're leaning and moving with God. So when I say prayer changes things, that's what I mean. It moves the heart of God. It moves the heavens. And I'll tell you one other big thing. It changes our approach to the person, too, because you're actively believing for their salvation, so you start treating them different, right? You start seeing them different. The second big word for today, or the, actually the third, shine, pray. The third one is share. If you pray, Lord, I, I want to pray for my friend and I want to be available to share if the opportunity or time arises. Guess what's going to happen very soon when you pray that prayer? <laughs> you know, the, the, the time and the opportunity is going to arise. It's remarkable, just from my experience, how quickly God will answer that kind of prayer. Now, you know, if I pray, am I supposed to take this job? I mean, he seems like he likes to take a month or two to answer that kind of a prayer, just from experience as well. But if you say, Lord, if you'll give me an opportunity, I'll seize that opportunity. He says, oh, yes, fantastic. Let's do that this afternoon. <laughs> and when he does, a lot of times you're like, whoa, that was too fast. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I haven't been prepared. I need to get organized. But listen, all God is asking you to do is to shine. And that's hopefully by now, I hope, I hope we're getting this. What does it mean to shine? It just means being connected to the source. So there's no striving in that. There's, 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 it's not an overbearing task. Pray, and when you shine because you're connected to the source, pray that there's gonna be a moment to be seized and that's what seals the deal, right? And so here's the way we say it today. The most normal thing that you can do is tell someone why you are different. <laughs> now, let me explain this. The kindest thing you can do for another person is to pray for their salvation. I, I, I just pray that their job thing works out and their family thing works out and their health thing works out. But the greatest prayer is praying for their salvation. Add to that now, the most normal thing that you can do is tell someone why you're different. Now, listen. It's not to tell someone how they need to be different. The church is pretty good at that. That's not what I'm talking about this morning, but to tell someone why you are different. Meaning somewhere in the equation, they ask you, why are you like that? <laughs> why are you the way you are? And, and so then the most normal thing that you can do is to say, oh, well, it's because God has been changing me. You know, I, I didn't used to be like this. It's not actually normal for me to be like this. But ever since I began trusting in God um, to do what he wants to do in my life, things have been happening. And that's one of the things that's been happening. And that's why I'm like this. God has given me the ability to be peaceful in this situation. Or, you know, to have insight in this situation. Or to be loving in this situation. Or to be faithful in this situation. God is doing that. At, um, 1 Peter 3.15 is such a clear call for all of us because it just takes all the pressure off of our lives. And this is what it says. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Now, if you just take that in and of itself, that's a big mouthful right there, no doubt. Just a handful of words, but wow. Then it says, a lot of us know this scripture, always 
Be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, and yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now, that could sound like a lot of pressure. It could sound like a lot of pressure. Always be prepared. Oh, man, you know, I've got to get all my commentaries and my study guides and all my outlines ready and all my arguments ready and all my rebuttals ready. And, and you know, I've got to be prepared all the time because I'm going to go out and be bright in the world. And so I've got to be prepared all the time. Like, there's no downtime in this Christian life thing. You start stressing out. It sounds like it could be a lot of pressure, right? No. There is no pressure at all here. It says always be prepared to do one thing. It says to do to one thing, to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You don't have to always be prepared to shoot down every opposition thought to Christianity. That's not what it says. Just be prepared that if anybody asks you, hey, why are you like that? That you could go, oh, I wasn't ready to answer that today. Why am I like this? I think, I, can, can we do this on Thursday? Can we, can we set a date uh, for that? Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Maybe after lunch. No, this is like the most normal thing, low pressure way to live. It's just shine. It's just being connected to the source. And then you will get asked and then if you pray that God will be moving and that God will open doors and make the opportunities, then there's going to come a moment where you're going to have the opportunity to share. And it's not a pressure thing when that moment arises. A couple thoughts, then we're going to pray together. I believe people are attracted to transformation over information. This is where the pressure is off of us. Uh, now, again, we, we don't have to pick a or B, because we know relationship. It is the information or the truth, right, that sets us free. And Christ is the truth. Jesus is the truth. So it's him, the truth that sets us free. But when the truth sets you free, you don't just carry on the truth that sets you free. You are transformed by the truth that sets you free. And so as you performed, I believe that the people around us are far more interested in that personal transformation than they are in just receiving information. Does that make sense? It's like if I saw something on TV, like we all have in this room, that says, hey, if, if you do this, and if you call this number, and you get these things, and do these three things three times a day, you're going to look like this in 60 seconds, right? <laughs> And most of us would be like, I'm just going to keep on moving. I'm going to change the channel. And then there's another commercial on the next channel with more information. Right now, we're offering this extremely you know, low rate on blah, 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 blah. And you can uh, call and you can get this low rate right now. And then we move on to the next commercial with more information. Call today because this pill will do X, Y, and Z. Ask your doctor. Next. Information can be overwhelming. <laughs> and our mind is like, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. I'm going to change the channel. I heard about that. Heard about that. Already heard it. Already heard that. But when somebody walks into your place of work or wherever it is that you hang out and they are 45 pounds less than they used to be, everybody goes, whoa. If they are transformed in a way that is just surprising, everybody just kind of goes, whoa. And as soon as you get on the conversation, most people like me, you know, when you see them, you just say, what are you doing that affected that change in you? What did you do to lose 45 pounds? 
Right? Everybody's sucking in their gut right now. <laughs> what did you do? At least I am. What did you do to have that, to experience that kind of change in your life? And they don't say, oh my, oh my goodness, I didn't know that you were going to ask that today. I wasn't prepared. Let me, let me, you know, I, I, I didn't know that when I got here that you were going to notice and then ask me. I'm not prepared today to give an answer to that. You know, can we meet maybe, you know, let's go back to next Thursday. You know, that's not the answer. I'm going to go home and I'm going to do some research and I'm going to get online um, to, to answer. No, they say, you won't believe it. And they'll tell you all about it. Right? Because they're excited about the transformation. <laughs> and then they will just tell you. And if somebody in the room says, you know, oh man, I, I hate that diet. I'm not going to ever do that diet. I, I just, I, that is crazy. You know, the person is not going to go, oh no, they hate that diet. This is just, I'm going to call my husband. I'm going to go home from work early. Honey, he hates the diet. It's not a big worry or concern, right? No, their response will be, well, well, it worked for me. Look at this. Look at my life has changed. <laughs> do you see that? Do you, <laughs> do you see how normal that is? It's the most normal thing. People aren't normally attracted to information. They're attracted to transformation. That's why, think about this. When you're watching a sunset with your friends, maybe you don't want to have the meteorologist along on that trip. I mean, because you're, you're watching the, the beauty and the colors of the sunrise or the sunset, and you're there, and he's there talking about why all of this is happening right now, and there's science behind it, right? There's science behind why the sun is doing the thing that it's doing and it's, you know, and, and the meteorologist could explain it all to us. He could give us all the information. But when you're in that moment, what are people affected by? The beauty of the transformation that's happening and the colors that are changing the atmosphere and the whole scene. It's not the information in the moment, is it? Now, later, some of us, because of our curious nature, might actually enjoy it later. You might wonder how did that happen and why, and why does the sun go down like that at the end of the day, and what does it look like for what's going on? But listen, it's the wow that opens the door to the what in our lives. Does that make sense? People are looking for that, and that takes the pressure off of us. It's the light inside of us that's going to shine bright. It's being connected to the source. Just connect to Jesus. Man, I, I don't know how we made it through some of the outreach efforts when I was growing up in the church. Um, and it was a different time. And a lot of people got saved, but it was interesting, let me tell you. They taught us how to share our faith, and then they, put, they would put the youth group and the church bus, and maybe you'd go to the mall on Wednesday night, and it would be just like releasing the troops scared and unprepared, let me tell you. <laughs> That's what it was like, at least in my mind. And, you know, there'd be some guy that is just sitting there on the bench while his wife is in belt, and all of a sudden, you know, you as a 15-year-old you know, you know, teenager, you're sitting next to him all of a sudden, how you doing? Good. And you know, 
you go through this list of questions. Well, you know, awesome. How, how long have you been waiting? <laughs> oh, really? Really? Well, that's not as long as eternity. <laughs> and you know what's worse than waiting on your wife to shop? Let me tell you, it's burning in the lake of fire. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, maybe he pours out his heart and his soul and maybe he says yes to Jesus or maybe he just gets off off the bench and leaves and decides it's better to shop with his wife. Um, but regardless, that's the kind of stuff that we did. And then everybody hustled back to the bus. Now, some of you didn't grow up in this area, but if you did, you're feeling it right now. And you might think it was the worst scenario. It was like there was no investment in a relationship at all. It was a cold call. It was a, it was a hard sell. You know, but the crazy thing about it is that God used that and our willingness, even that, to, to save people. And, and, and we watched people say yes to Jesus. And, you know, and they still are sometimes when people do that kind of stuff. Because we, I, I think I've told this story before. We, I was a student at Christ Foundations Institute, and the bank that was right next door to my college dorm had to tell the deans of our school, please tell your students to stop leaving tracks in the ATM because it's jamming the machine. <laughs> You know, and there's a beautiful thing. Some of, the, some of the most powerful times of ministry I've had, you know, out on the streets have been when we, our team just decided at the beginning of the day, God, what do you have for us? And then we just went and did whatever God had for us that day. You know, there's a, but I think it was a little bit different thing, like sending in the troops scared and unprepared is the way I like to say it. But, but um, you know, God, he'll use anything to accomplish his purpose if people will make their best effort. But here's the thing. Here's what I want you to hear this morning. The pressure is off. It's not a pressure. The pressure is off when you understand that people are simply looking for a transformed life. They're looking for a changed life. And that leads to this beautiful conclusion that you don't have to know everything there is to know about the Christian faith. You just need to know that you're an expert witness on the change that's happened and that's taking place in your life. You are an expert witness in that. And that is your irrefutable argument. You don't have to be Ravi Zacharias. He's a well-known apologist. You can go to his website. You can, you can point people to his website. If you, don't, if you know them well, you can give them the Ravi book. <laughs> or you can give them a link to one of his messages. You can connect them very easily to some of the smartest theologians in the world, the people alive, but you don't have to be that. <laughs> you just have to understand that you are an expert witness called on the stand to testify of the change that's happening in your life. And so when you do that, it's the irrefutable argument. What do I mean by that? They may say, I don't know about, you know, the six days of creation that your Bible talks about. I don't know about how evolution fits into God's creation plan. I don't know whether the earth is thousands of years old or billions of years old. And I don't understand this philosophy or that theology and all of these big theological questions. You don't have to answer all that. You don't have to understand all that. When you say to them, I used to be drunk, but look at my life. It's full of purpose. It's full of life. And I have direction now. 
what are they going to say to that? Even, even the most, even the hardest, biggest skeptic, the biggest antagonistic person is not going to say, no, you don't have vision for your life. They will go, well, I'll give you that. Your life has changed. You're different. It's your irrefutable argument. Nobody can tell you, no, you're not more peaceful. No, you're not. No, you're not sleeping better. The, the peace of God hasn't been. They can't say that. No, you see how beautiful it is? It's not any pressure. It's just shine, pray, and share. It's pretty simple. There's no, there's no pressure in that. Bless you. It's simple. There's no pressure. And yes, there are different gears in life, and maybe at some point we do go and we initiate the conversations. God's going to call us maybe to do that. And yes, we do graduate into greater understanding of the things of God, and God's going to call some of us to do that. And yes, we can answer more people's questions about what's going on in life. But the starting point for all of us is beautiful. And what's most powerful of all is that you have access to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit that empowers us, that lights us up, that fills us, and he's available to help you pray when you don't know how to pray. And he's available to give you words when you don't know what to say. And he's available when the time comes, when you don't think that you're gonna have the strength and the boldness to step out, he's gonna give you the strength and the boldness to step out. So most of you know we've been praying and fasting this month with the intention of leaning into and believing for some testimonies of people going from death into life. That's what we've been praying for. That's what we've been, uh, if you were, uh, spent that time with us and, and fasting, that's what we've been spending this whole month talking about, people coming from a place of darkness and going into his marvelous light. So to wrap this up today, we're going to invite you Every adult in the room, I think we've got enough to take a bulb home this morning. And more than just, just kind of a trite exercise, we've got a couple baskets up here. And we'll invite you up in just a second. I want to invite you to take a bulb home today. And the reason I want to encourage you today to do this is I want it to be a first step maybe for some of us is saying, I know who I want to be praying for. And I'm just asking right now that the Holy Spirit would lay one, two, maybe three names on our heart for someone that we know that doesn't have the full light of Jesus in their life. Where we can be the light of Jesus in our world. I'm going to pray faithfully I'm going to pray determinately, and I might pray for a day, I might pray for a month, I might pray for five years. Some of you are still holding on to a light bulb that you picked up 
five years ago and you're still praying and what a beautiful thing, still believing even though you can't see it. God is working. Even though you can't feel it, God is working because he never stops. He never stops. But today, every one of us can walk away and say, there's someone that's on my radar. And then you can put this bulb on your desk at work. And I want it to be a reminder to us that it's not a pressure. It's not a stress. It's just our blessing, our privilege to be able to plug into the source. And like Derek said earlier, to, to, to <laughs> screw in as tight as we can and to shine bright. You can put it in your locker at the gym. You can put it in the cup holder in your car. You can put it on the kitchen counter, on the windowsill, by the bathroom mirror. And it's just a reminder to say, let's keep on praying for Dionysius that he would see the light. He's coming to know Jesus. Let's keep believing for Damaris. I believe she's coming to know Jesus and I'm not gonna stop praying and I'm not gonna stop believing. I'm gonna shine. I'm gonna pray determinately. And then I'm gonna ask for God to open up the doors for me to share. Can we just take just a couple minutes just of silence and just let Holy Spirit speak to us this morning? And then what we're going to do is I'm going to close with the song that we sang last week, a charge for us to be carriers of his light. speak to us this morning I want to invite the altar ministry team to come up um, we're going to have them available if you want to the, the reason I wanted to have the light bulbs up on here on the stage is I wanted you to have to do something I wanted this to be an act of saying this is something that I'm committing to Lord to come up to the altar and so we'll have these guys available and, and up here to pray with you if you want to be prayed for. But if you just want to grab your ball, but if you want to spend some time at the altar, if you want to spend some time and just go back to your chair, I'm, I'm not going to put any parameters on it other than if you grab a ball, let's let it be a commitment between you and Jesus and those names that you're believing for. So Father God, we take this time this morning as a commissioning. You've called us to be a light to the world, to be carriers of your light. Not just the recipient of your light, but carriers. And so God, we close out this series, but God, we ask that you would open up the doors of heaven for opportunities that are just going to begin as we walk out these doors this morning. May you do the miraculous, 
God, as we pray and ask heaven to move on behalf of those that are walking in darkness, let us be your hand outstretched. Let us be the carriers of your glory poured out to go into every dark place and be rescuers. God, I don't want to leave here this morning without some names that you've given me that I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're calling me not to be their savior, you're their savior, but you're calling me to shine the light and show them the way to the rescuer. And it's not a pressure. This isn't a pressure. It's just being connected to you. So God, we say this morning, you are our source. Shine bright in us this morning. If you've yet to say yes to Jesus before I leave, I want to, I think, I think you guys know that if, if you're around here that every single Sunday we make it a point. If you bring somebody here, they're going to have an opportunity to, to ask Jesus into their life. And that's, there's no different this morning. You might be picking up your light for the first time this morning. And if that's the case, there's no mistake that you're here this morning. So if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, God, we just ask this morning that no matter where we are, every person this morning, whether they're coming back to a place of resurrender or coming to Jesus, who is the light of the world for the first time, we just pray that your light would shine brighter than the darkness. You would light up their life. If that's you, with nobody looking around this morning, just me, would you raise your hand? We want to agree and pray with you before we dismiss this morning. Amen. Well, I'm going to close as we do. Just any time as you feel led, I'm going to sing this song. You can worship. This is the charge this morning that we're going to leave with. And as we do, dismiss yourself, come up front here, grab one of these light bulbs, spend some time at the altar if you need to. Your name. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Shine your light to the world.